Hello, and welcome to the Signpost Inn podcast, a space at life's crossroads to connect with God and find direction. Pour yourself a drink, grab a seat, and join us on the back porch for a friendly conversation about Christian prayer, spirituality, and faithful theology. My name's Matt. And I'm Brandon, and we're really glad you're here. The Signpost Inn podcast is brought to you by the Signpost Inn ministry, where we offer spiritual direction, retreats and sabbatical residencies, and lots of resources and training. You can find out more about what we do and support us by visiting signpostin.org. In this episode, I interview Father Joseph from the Lady Minister Monastery here in Canyon City, Colorado, where we've done several prayer retreats. Father Joseph is a monk in the Antiochian Orthodox tradition, and over the course of the next three episodes, we talk about everything from orthodoxy to prayer and even icons and how they're painted. I think you're really gonna enjoy this interview. I know I did. And I've broken it up into three separate episodes and we're gonna be releasing those every week for the next several weeks. But before we jump into the interview, Signpost End has a bunch of new things on the calendar for 2022 I wanna tell you about. We have planned contemplative prayer retreats nearly every month from March all the way through to October. So you're sure to find a weekend that works for you. Some of them are at the very monastery where this interview is recorded. We are also hosting retreats at our exclusive new location, Starry Peaks Lodge, which sits at 9,000 feet high atop a ridge near West Cliff, Colorado. That area is the highest community in the world to have been certified as an international dark sky community. So the stargazing is to die for. But no matter where they are located, Our contemplative prayer retreats are incredible experiences. We don't have a curriculum or a program. Instead, we surround you with as much or as little support and guidance as you want and provide lots of space and time for you to engage with God. And at only $400 for four days and three nights, which includes all your meals and your linens, they're incredibly affordable. Find out more about these and register at our website, signpostin.org. We're also offering lots of new online workshops. Have you ever longed to really abide in Christ? Do you want to become a better listener by letting go your compulsions to defend yourself in conversation? Then join us for a two-hour online workshop on contemplative prayer or on my book, Changing the Conversation. Each workshop only costs $25 and are available on many different days and times. Again, you can find out more and register for any of our events on our website. Okay, I think that's it for the announcements. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Brandon. It's good to be on the back porch with you. Good to see you too, Matt. What have we got today? Yeah, today we're going to start uh, into the interview with Father Joseph, who is an Orthodox monk that I met at a monastery where we have done some of our prayer retreats. So like we talked about in our last episode, uh, we're going to do some some cool podcasts. And this first one, I'm, I'm really excited about. I had a great conversation with this guy about a ton of things. Um, we talked about orthodoxy, what it is, how it's different from other kinds of Christianity. We talked about prayer in general, and then we also talked about the painting of icons. So we have actually three episodes worth of material with Father Joseph. Uh, What did you think of it? Uh, You know, it was really great. I I enjoyed it. You know, this is something that you've brought to our friendship in a way that when I met you, I didn't know that we were going to have. But but you you and your wife have done a really amazing job of opening my mind and opening my eyes to other ways of or other Christian practices that I may be uh, discounted or, or disregarded for a long time. 
so this is actually something that we, you and I have talked about that we would like to eventually share on the podcast. So maybe this is a good time to do it. I think a lot of the listeners by now probably know our backgrounds a little bit or have probably inferred them from what we have <laughs> talked about. But I'm going to start by asking you, can you like, what, what is your Christian background kind of story in brief? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I would classify my Christian journey as, especially as I started out as, as broadly evangelical. Um, we grew up, I grew up in a particular de- denomination and uh, was, I would consider broadly evangelical, maybe with a, with a healthy dose of fundamentalism in, in a good way, not, not the bad fundamentalism, which is making uh, the news and, and is being talked about a lot right now, but simply just adhering to the fundamentals of the faith. I had a very positive experience growing up in church for the most part. At this, in that same vein, I also just had a sort of the assumption that, well, our church is the one that's really right. And all these other Christian churches are just that, you know, they're sort of Christians, but you know, if they really want to get it just right, they should join our churches is the way I kind of thought of things. And I think I mean, most kids or young people in the faith kind of assume that. Um, and it was actually you guys that that kind of changed my paradigm in a in a really healthy way. The thing that immediately jumps to mind is is y'all's observation of Lent, which for the longest time I naively just thought, well, Lent is just a works based Catholic thing, and we're not. I don't do that stuff because I I'm saved by grace, and I don't have to go through all those rituals. You guys opened my eyes to the idea that maybe it's not that. Maybe this is actually just a way of experiencing healthy rhythms of um, living out the faith in a very real and practical way. And the first time I actually decided, okay, I'm going to try this Lent thing. It was such a positive experience. God used that to do some really great things in my life. And it was one of those things of like, okay, I'm not going to completely throw off all uh, the things that I once knew. I'm still going to hang on to the distinctives of things that I think are important in the way that I, I read and interpret the Bible. But maybe I can have a healthy openness to practices that are foreign to me, and I can take from those and apply them in a way that helps my faith grow in ways that it wouldn't if I didn't try it. I resonate so deeply with that because I started off, childhood grew up Baptist, kind of non-denominational towards later years. I've been in the Reformed Church in high school for a while, um, a little bit in college, and then through meeting my wife, I eventually wound up in the Lutheran Church. And some of the stuff that you said there is so similar to my experience of, yeah, absolutely, as a kid, everybody else was wrong. This was the only church, you know, of course, everybody. And I think that's really normal. Um, but as I've grown, I've grown an appreciation for different perspectives and different practices and even different, different theologies, um, while not feeling like I have to relativize it all. You know, I don't believe that I, I do believe there is a true way of understanding God and that others are quote unquote wrong, but there's just no threat in that anymore. And it feels a lot more like seeing family members. So today we're going to talk to Father Joseph, who is a Antiochian Orthodox monk. 
And I mean, for some people, they probably have no clue what that even means, which is totally fine because he's going to talk about that. In fact, the first episode is him telling us what that means. And and you'll see in the interview or you'll hear in the interview, this is not a debate. I'm not trying to prove him wrong. He's not trying to prove me wrong. We're just going to talk and I'm going to ask questions and he's going to answer his and we're going to have a good conversation. And I think that's one of the things that you and I have tried to capture or do well in these podcasts with each other and with others. Our goal is not here to, uh, this is not a let's prove you wrong podcast. This is a literally, like we keep saying, a back porch. Let's learn from each other. Let's be yeah. hospitable towards each other. You do not have to agree with me. Um, you do not have to agree with Father Joseph, but I certainly hope that we'll learn something from him. I know I certainly did. Some of the stuff he has to say is so profound. I was just, I, I kind of had to stop. <laughs> mm. um, and other things I'm like, eh, that's that's not the, I don't think that's exactly right, but but it didn't change the fact that I can learn. So yeah. Well, with that, why don't we go ahead and jump into the episode and hopefully there's something that will bless our listeners. Father Joseph, thank you for sitting down and talking with me. I appreciate this. Absolutely. My pleasure. I would first of all like to ask you to tell us who you are and then just a little bit of your story. I know we were talking right before we started recording just a little bit of how you became the monk that you are and what you're doing. So could you tell us that stuff in a few minutes? Absolutely. It'd be my pleasure. We are here in the library of the monastery of Our Lady in St. Lawrence, colloquially known as Lady Minster, here in the beautiful mountains above Canyon City. I have been recently life professed at this monastery. What that means is, God willing, I will spend the rest of my life here and end it and wind up being buried on that very chilly side of that hill that you saw as you first came in. And it's a pleasure to be able to share some of the good news as as we have heard it. Monasticism is a odd thing in today's Western world. Uh, you don't meet a lot of people who are monks. A lot of that reason is because a lot of monks are not out and about. So you just don't see them. You don't meet them. We're a very small monastery. Uh, we're in a very small town. And so we do get out and about. So anything that we can do to help spread the message of what monasticism, specifically Benedictine monasticism in the Orthodox Church in the early 21st century, totally happy to do that. Thank you. I, the reason we're here is because my ministry has now been doing some contemplative prayer retreats and it's been really great to get to know you guys. But you said something that I would like to pick up on because I think a lot of the people that that are listening won't know, first of all, what orthodoxy is. Probably most of the folks that would listen to us have heard the name. They know that it exists. But could you, in a you know rather large nutshell, explain what is orthodoxy and how is it similar or different to other strands or branches of Christianity? Uh, yeah, that would have to be a very, very big nutshell. As you're sitting here in the library, we've probably got around a thousand books around us just that we can see. And that would not even begin to even shine the littlest light on what we mean by Orthodox Christianity. 2,000 years of history, uninterrupted, uh, and something that in a lot of ways ask completely different questions than what would be normal in the West. I use the terms the East and the West or Western Christianity versus Byzantine style Christianity. These are all helpful terms, but 
not all that useful. They kind of give us a place to set a marker, what we're talking about, but they certainly don't really relate to any kind of compass orientation. When we talk about orthodoxy, primarily what we're talking about is Christianity as experienced primarily in its lands of origin, the Middle East, then spreading out from the Middle East into North Africa, uh, even into China, um, up into Russia. And in the West, so what we would consider Europe, the European nations, Slavic nations, up until the point of about a thousand. So the first thousand years, when someone said Christianity, this is what they meant. Now, of course, heresies popped up really fast, and orthodoxy would be what we would consider to be Christianity as taught by Christ to the apostles, then into the post-apostolic age, so those that learn directly from the apostles. Uh, the next age would be the early age of the church fathers, those who had learned from those who had learned from the apostles, with the idea that it's apostolic being the ground. The Orthodox Church sees itself as being the church of Christ, as taught by Christ to the apostles, from which come all of tradition. Scripture is included in the tradition. So for us, Scripture comes out of the church. The church exists first. Compiled Scripture, decided what was Scripture, what was not Scripture, what kind of was Scripture, what we might read for edification but doesn't rise up to the level of Scripture. And all of that's encompassed in what we call tradition with a big T. And so we are the church. Inside the church exists tradition. Inside tradition exists scripture. And everything that comes from that, all of our liturgical life, all of our hymnody, all of our monastic life comes out of this larger tradition. You had mentioned that in your own personal evolution, <laughs> You've been through not Christian, I believe, to Episcopalian, Catholic, and Orthodoxy. So you've kind of made the transition all the way through all of them. And this may not be a question you can answer, but maybe try the best you can. If you could pick a couple of like the key things, if you're talking to one of your old Episcopalian friends, mm -hmm. one of your old Catholic friends, and you said, here's the two or three really big differences. Mm -hmm. Are there things that rise up that you would say, these are the things? Or is that just too big of a question? It's a pretty big question, but I do, uh, I'm willing to give it a try. I think that to the Episcopalian friends, they would look at what they call the branch theory. There's three branches of Catholic Christianity, the Eastern Orthodox, the Latin Romans, and the Anglican Church. I would say probably not, that really the Anglican Church and the Episcopal Church comes out of the Roman Church. The Roman Church really comes out of the Orthodox Church. This is where we talk about East and West, but that the Anglican Church comes out of the Roman. So as you start looking for the roots, as you start looking for where did this tradition come from, where did this sprout, well, it sprouted in Rome. To my Episcopal friends, I would say, 
why go farther off on the branch, get back to the trunk? To my Roman friends, who I have many of, I have an intense love of the Roman church. I would say that looking at what's happening with the Roman church right now, and really since Vatican II, is see, we told you. With Vatican I and a lot of the things which go far, far, far back to the very beginning about ideas of Petrine primacy and have developed over century, and really now we're coming up on another millennia. What we see now coming out of Rome is what we as Orthodox have said all along of when you have that type of of hierarchy where there is one person at the top. That one person can decide all tradition goes. And there's no one really to say, no, you don't. Bishops can can raise their hands. Bishops can, can say things. But what happen is, happens is that ultimately the entire ecclesiastical structure falls apart. And what's interesting is that for us as Orthodox, one of the things that we've always been saying is that it is the college of bishops from the entire world coming together in council to discuss specific items. Um, I don't think that right now in the Roman church that anything short of literally a complete re-examination of everything since about the year 1000 is really going to help but it and, and this is not to beat up on on the roman church it's just that those were the things that i found as i was looking because i had to make a choice was i going to be roman was i going to be fully orthodox at the time that i was considering being roman benedict was pope that was a very different looking church if i had become if I had truly felt that God was calling me to be a part of the Roman church and I had become Roman and then Francis had been elected, I would have been in despair. Thank, thank you God that that's not what happened. But, um, that's how I, that's how I got here. Orthodoxy though, really is not just a thing about governance. It's not a thing about how we set up our structure. It's none of those things. It literally comes down to a completely different way of looking at what do we mean by church, tradition, the incarnation, salvation, all of it really is very different once you start getting into orthodoxy. And so even, even the terminology, even the questions that get asked from a Roman slash Protestant point of view are very different in orthodoxy. Yeah, in my, as I've studied some orthodox books and other things, the thing, that's why I said this is a hard question to ask or answer because the differences go much deeper as far as I understand than what most people are looking for when they ask that question. So usually those of us in the Protestant world, when we ask the question, how are you different? We're sort of looking for the, give me the three or four doctrinal differences. Mm -hmm. And what I understand you to be saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that the difference is something more like it's a a completely different approach to what we would consider to be some of the central questions. It even asks a different central questions, but that's because of a rooting in a different, I want to say tradition, but that's not quite the right word. It, it, it comes from a different place 
And, and again, if I'm hearing you correctly, it's not even that it's a alternative different place. It's the original different place. And you would perceive Roman Catholicism and then the Protestant Reformation and everything that comes out of that as being a divergent branch off of the, off of the trunk, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And which would explain why the questions are different yeah, even. I, I think visually, if, if we're talking about branches and trunks and, and stuff, and, and please, I say this with all humility and, and all affection, you know, please God, not out of a place of, of arrogance, but out of a place of profound humility is it's a completely different soil that the seed is even put in. It's very important, I think, to say it's not that either my Roman Catholic or my Protestant brothers and sisters don't have bits of the truth. Absolutely. It's that from the very start, the very the very questions, the very soil that it comes out of, the very ideas about what do we mean by salvation are different. I already know that that's a conversation that a lot of people right now are thinking, get into that conversation, get into that conversation. Yeah. Uh, and I think it would be fun to do that maybe at some point. My, uh, my undergraduate background is philosophy. So this is something I understand in a analogous sense. When different philosophies come along and interact, you can line up differences and talk you know, what do, what do they think about existence? What do they think about existence? But really what it comes down to is it's like the, the seed in a different soil is a great analogy because the trees grow differently. And therefore asking the questions, all of the things in your mind behind the question are completely different in some ways. Let me wrap this part up. And then I actually want to get to the questions I want to ask you, which are the questions about prayer. But to wrap this question up, is there a book, a resource, something that you would that you can just send people to that I can link to that somebody could go read if they want more? Before anything else, I would read The Orthodox Way by Bishop Callistos Ware. Very accessible, quick read. It is, I think, the best basic introduction to orthodoxy. The next one is Welcome to the Orthodox Church by Frederica Matthews Green. Both of those are available actually as audible audiobooks, so you can even get it that way. They're both very accessible. There, there's no complicated theological pretzeling that you need to do. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Next time around, we'll continue this interview with Father Joseph. In the meantime, don't forget to visit us at signpostn.org. And while you're there, you can sign up for our e-newsletter, and we'll send you a free e-book, A Contemplative Reflection on Psalms. Also, a big thank you to all of our supporters who make this podcast possible. We couldn't do it without you.